All right, everyone, welcome back to the 2023 DC Leadership Conference ACB Board of Directors meeting. We have, uh, I'm going to try just to give everybody a heads up uh, for sound control. I'm trying to do better myself. Rick says if you can kind of hold the mic out so you got your mouth very close to the mic and it's held out as our board members speak. We're having some folks on ACB Media 6 that are saying our volume is going up and down, and I know the same thing's happening in the room depending on how close we hold the mics. Apologize if I sound a little muffled today. I do have my mask on. So with that said, uh, we are coming out of executive session. I'm going to ask the first vice president if uh, any motions were made in executive session because I had to excuse myself. Just a minute. Okay. I figured he would just relay my, no motions were made. All right, so does that mean we uh, have not made a decision about our interim executive director? You need to, it means you need to let me, yeah. You let, so if I thought you were gonna, yeah. The, the first part that Dan did preside over, no motions were made. The second part, no motions were made, but the board um, does have um, a recommendation that it would like to discuss um, with, uh, with everyone and um, publicly. And I will provide just a very brief bit of background, and then I believe someone from the board will make an appropriate motion, unless they're setting me up for really big-time embarrassment, <laughs> in which case <laughs> I'm going to run and hide. And I didn't think about that option, Ray says. <laughs> okay. So, um, so a, a major topic of the um, executive session was the rumor that Eric Bridges is resigning. I expect to wake up any minute now and learn that I just had too much pizza last night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, in view of the fact that um, Eric is resigning as of um, March 21st uh, to take another position, um, we have the challenge of, of appointing um, an interim executive director because we're getting close to the convention and we got to keep going. So, um, so we, we um, have that option. Um, the board reviewed uh, four options, three of which were staff. We talked about uh, Nancy Becker, Cindy Hollis, and Clark Rockfall, all who provide a great deal of absolutely excellent support for the organization, but who have their plates full and might not be well positioned to become an interim executive director on top of everything they're doing. So the fourth proposal, we call it Option Dan. We gave it a name. <laughs> um, the, the fourth proposal um, of, that was reviewed by the board was to um, offer the interim director, executive director position to Dan Spoon. Um, and so um, basically that is uh, the discussion that the board had and there was a, a very lively discussion. Um, but I would like to um, ask the board if someone would. Madam, Madam Vice President. Yes, sir. Um, I would move that we offer the position of interim executive director to our president, Dan Spoon. As of March 
as of March twenty second. As of March twenty second, yes. Doug Powell seconds. Second. Okay, Ray Campbell makes the motion. Doug seconds. I'm sorry, David. David. I, yep. <laughs> uh, don't put Ray. I'm sorry. I. This is the part of the job I don't do too well. Just give me a break. Now, <laughs> I forget who everybody is. All right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. So it has been moved and seconded that Dan Spoon be offered the position of interim executive director um, as of March 22nd. Basically, um, after that would happen, um, they would, there would need to be a sort of a plan developed for the recruitment and all those things. So the exact amount of time for that interim directorship will be determined based on the plan. So um, it, it could be 12 months, it could be longer. Um, but, you know, it's not indefinite. Dan has in assured us that he wouldn't do that, <laughs> wouldn't want to do that. Um, all right, so is there any discussion from the board? No hands raised. No hands raised, all right. Any, and anyone in Zoom? Okay, I don't hear you. Um, there was a lot of discussion, it was all very positive, but a lot of the logistics around how, how with any option that we took, how all the work would get done. Um, so that's that. So um, I'm going to, um, at this time, uh, call the question. And all in favor from the board of, of offering the interim executive director of the American Council of the Blind position to Dan Spoon, effective March 22nd, please say aye. 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 And any opposed? And if you're opposed, by the way, you have to do all the work. <laughs> Everyone who has worked with me on the BOP knows that that's the way I do this, is that if you don't like it, you can do it. <clears throat> all right, thank you, that's excellent. Now, what this does is several, several things. Um, if, since Dan is being offered uh, the position, he will necessarily uh, need to resign as president of ACB, and then the Constitution will do its work, as I describe it. Um, basically, um, as your first vice president, that will mean that I would become president effective on March 22nd. And then that means that Ray Campbell, who wants to assure everyone that he doesn't want to do this longer than three months, will become the acting first vice president um, as of March 22nd. The board recommended as part of our discussion that we not appoint someone, which would be the process, that we not appoint someone to the vice president position vacated by Ray Campbell because it's only three months till we would elect that position in normal session. And um, we don't need to make things any more confused than they are. So, um, so if, um, if, if anyone from the board wants to make um, a motion to that effect, because you do have the option to have appointed someone. So I would hear a motion for that. So moved. Okay, Terry moves. And who was that? Connie, sorry. Connie seconds that we not appoint, that the board not, will not appoint um, an interim vice president uh, be, for the period between March 22nd and the elections thereof. 
Any discussion of that one? Good. All right. We are moving right along here. This is pretty fun. Um, I may not always be, I've heard. <laughs> okay. All in favor of the motion to not appoint a um, vice president, a second vice president, excuse me. Thanks, Doug. Um, please say aye. Mm -hmm. And any opposed? And remember, if you are opposed, you're going to get a lot of extra work, right? You get to do all the work. <laughs> you will be second vice president, yeah, if you're that eager. All right. All right. And, and that concludes the activity that we did in the part of the executive session where I provided, and I'll send the Damn. Um, this, message this back David. to uh, before you uh, yes. go off, uh, it probably m most people would know it, but just to be good for information, would you explain about the role of uh, immediate past president for everybody? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. So Kim Charlson is currently the immediate past president, and Dan will not be able to be the immediate past president because he will be um, staff. So uh, we, we, we have made the determination, I don't, and no motion is really needed for this, that Kim is still the immediate past president and would be uh, until such time as probably Dan becomes available to be the, um, because you know, he, he, will, um, he will probably turn back to, to um, non-employee status before I, you know, well, if he does it in three months, and then if I don't get elected, all kinds of things will have, be strange. But we assume that it makes sense for at least uh, the moment that uh, Kim will be the immediate past president, and she will be until such time as someone else becomes available constitutionally to do so. Pardon me, Gabriel? Oh, Mike. Sorry. Okay. To seal the deal, do we need to have Dan accept? Dan, do you accept? Dan, do you accept the option to be there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yes, we do know that Dan will, but, but we can have a few words from Dan as he's t when he Thank takes you. the mic back. Yeah. And he'll provide his resignation as a written resignation, I think, and then we'll just have that on file and those things will be taken care of. But um, yeah, I think the, the formal stuff we need to do is taken care of here. Anything else? All right, thank you very much. Congratulations, Mr. Spoon. Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Deb. Thank you, ACB Board of Directors, for the confidence that you're showing in me. And I will say, this is a team effort. I first want to say to our ACB staff, I've in, have enjoyed the opportunity to work with you pretty much day in and day out over these last four years as ACB president. And I look forward to continuing to work with you. You're, an absolutely outstanding group and the number one thing that uh, you know I, I want to consider right off the bat is that we have no disruption with the staff that you, you all are just doing fantastic and my first goal is to make sure that I don't get in your way and you can keep doing great work <laughs> so 
Uh, with that said, uh, I uh, humbly accept uh, the uh, interim executive director position, and I will do everything I can to do the best I possibly can do for this organization that I truly love, the American Council of Blind. So thank you. That wasn't fair. <laughs> I feel like we should give All them right. the Pit Pit Parade. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Go ahead, Doug. <laughs> you have a mic? Oh, here's one. <laughs> Great. Thank you. I, I'm going to, in executive session, I said this, and I, I'd like to say it in, in public session as well. The officers met and discussed different options. And they took the time to call the board of directors to tell them the options that were available so we didn't get confronted with that uh, cold uh, today. And I, and I think that's a measure of the entire leadership of this organization at this point in time, that they were willing to do that, they were interested in doing that, and they, they you know, it, it was a transparent, um, uh, situation. So I, I really want to commend them and, and acknowledge that and thank them very much for, for allowing us to uh, participate fully in this decision making. Very good. I'm done. <laughs> for now. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Let us continue on with our agenda. Uh, item uh, number 10 on the agenda is a financial narrative of our 2022 uh, end of the year um, financial statements. And that will be presented by David Trott, our ACB treasurer. As I told you earlier, Dan, what, what we did, Nancy and I uh, took care of it. Nancy sent it out to everybody. So I've got a couple of things to bring up and then I'll entertain questions. Um, our, right now, uh, Dan asked me to tell you where we were financially. We're, we're at about $4.4 million. And if that's surprising to some of you, it was to me too, because it's actually up a little bit. So, you know, um, understand this realized and unrealized gains are important to know what we have, but unless we spend it, they're not important in the fact that you know, when you're down several hundred thousand dollars as we've been, uh, you know, it, that's part of life when you invest your money uh, in an inclement investment time like we have today. So uh, before I go on with the other comments I want to make, have we anybody with any questions from the narrative? Rick, do we have an issue? Oh, okay. oh, okay. I don't see any hands up, so I'm going to go on then. Well, let's hold for one second, David. I, I'm okay. very cognizant of everybody being inclusive, so let's see if we can get... What, what we got? We, we see if we can get the assisted listening device. Uh, oh, okay. But since, since they can't hear over it, can I talk about Ray? <laughs> 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 oh, his is working. So, okay, I'll leave him alone then. Well, I was behind his back. I thought it would work. You know? 
All right, well, uh, Karen and team will work to get at back as soon as we possibly can. I know Rick is working actively with Karen. So we'll go ahead, David, and continue with your report, and we'll update okay. Karen later on your comments. Thank you. Okay. I want to I wanna talk a little bit about funding and, and funding flow. We, we really need to look at our funding flow and see if it's something that we're doing or if it's something outside we can't control because uh, we run into these situations to where we, we need to authorize Nancy to move money. And having said that, Nancy is a great steward of our money. You know, we moved this money back, agreed to let her move this money back at the fall board meeting, and she just now, with this big conference here coming up, had to move the last of it. So, you know, it's, it's wonderful. She, she tries to look at where our money is as far as, you know, is the stocks up or down, that kind of thing when she moves it. But it's part of what we have to do the way we do business in ACB. So when y'all think about when we, and I'm going to move to move some, give her the authority to move money, think about when we give her this authority, she really is responsible with it and does a great, great job. A uh, couple other things I want us to think about is our internal funding. I know that, that Bill Reeder is, is, is looking at several different things and he and I are talked and we'll talk more. But, uh, you know, during the pandemic, our auctions skyrocketed. I mean, they really grew. MMS grew a little, but it was kind of stagnant. The Braille form raffle grew, which was weird because the Dans and I worked with that thing for years to get it to grow, and it didn't. And then all of a sudden, we have a pandemic, and we max out. So it's great. But we also, we don't think about it much, but we got a new fundraiser, uh, thanks to Cindy and team. And that's the end of the year uh, community theathon. I couldn't get it out. Uh, and, and that's raising, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a year. So, you know, we need to look at more ways to bring in money. And I'll talk about this some Saturday when we get together with the membership group and talk about local membership. But we've got to grow our local membership because if we don't, uh, we're going to be stagnant. Those, those people bring in money. They may not come to convention um, and all, but there's a lot of, so you know, we talk about the social aspects from coming here. Think of these guys who live, you know, in the mountains of Virginia or down on the farm in Alabama who their, their only social outlet is a local chapter. And during the pandemic, a lot of these closed down, and we need to look at ways to help them rebuild because we know now through the community that we can raise more money in ACB. Having said all that, uh, we do have some cash flow issues, you know, from time to time. And we're coming up on convention, and yes, money will be coming in, but uh, we, we do have bills to pay and that kind of thing as we move forward. So I'm going to move at this point. Um, she, she mentioned 200,000, but I would feel more comfortable with giving Nancy the, the uh, permission to move up to $250,000 as needed for the day-to-day -day expenses of ACB. Okay, so I, 
All right, so, so David made the motion, and I believe it was Connie who seconded uh, for uh, authorization. This is not the moving right. of money right now, but authorization for our CFO, Nancy Marks Becker, to move up to 250000 out of the board reserve, for, for, for board reserve fund if, uh, if necessary. All right, any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. Opposed? All right. Thank you, David. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, maybe uh, David and Nancy, uh, you shared a, just a, a bit of information with me, which I found kind of interesting. Um, and that was the fact that not, you know, of course, the stock market did not do well last year, as we all know. But Nancy, you shared with me of how we did as an organization, not counting the unrealized gains and losses associated with the stock market. Do you, could you share that figure? That, that, that meant a lot to me when you shared that figure with me. I'm putting you on the spot, so. So you're talking ACB profit? A profit before, a, unrealized. before unrealized gains and losses, which really dealt with the, 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 the fluctuation of the stock market. So part of the reason Dan is asking me about that, you guys, because our unrealized losses is nothing unless we take the money out. It's, it's not affecting the cash flow at all. So the ACB profit before unrealized losses was $112,852. So last year, before the unrealized losses from the stock market, we were actually profitable by 112000 And I think that's quite a testament to our organization and really being frugal with both our, with our expenses and really working so hard to raise revenue that we could control. So thank you for sharing that. And what we did project is that we were going to have a budget deficit of 232700 so even that was though was the approved budget. We beat that approved budget by almost three hundred thousand. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you all so so much. Thank you, David. Thank you, Nancy. All right. Item number eleven is review and approval of the ACB Media and Affiliate Engagement Policy. I want to thank the uh, ACB Media Support Committee for all their hard work in pulling this together. And I'd like to introduce our chair of the ACB Media Support Committee, Rachel Schroeder, and our uh, ACB Media and Information Technology Manager, Rick Morin. So Rachel and Rick. Hi. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, when uh, we got this committee together, when Dan asked me to chair over this committee, um, Basically, the idea um, of this committee is to be able to provide some guidelines for um, ACB media um, issues and, and events and that kind of thing. Um, and I have a great committee. We've uh, just started meeting earlier, uh, close to the end of last year. Um, so it's still relatively new, but we've got a great group of people collaborating well. Um, 
And basically we have a group of people that uh, encompass all facets basically of, of some ACB membership um, as well as people in ACB media. And the purpose of our group is basically to, to support ACB media with, as I said, coming up with some guidelines and help to develop policies uh, that can be followed with regard to ACB media um, events and that kind of thing. So uh, we'll be working closely with the BOP. Um, we're not a decision-making body, so just providing guidelines, and uh, we'll be working closely with the BOP. And we've got a document that uh, you all have gotten and hopefully have had a chance to read. Um, thanks to the committee. Um, it, this was not a one-person effort, however. Deb Cook-Lewis was the primary wordsmith of this once all the ideas were put together. So thank you, Deb. But everybody did collaborate on this. And um, what we want to do is um, we've submitted for board approval a document, which is the ACB Media and Affiliate Engagement Policy Guidelines. And basically what that means is that this is a document that anyone, any affiliate wishing to stream an event on ACB Media can go to for all the information necessary to uh, check off the boxes, if you will, uh, to um, provide uh, all the checklists that are needed in order to stream a successful event. And, you know, what is... Uh, supposed to happen on both sides, from the affiliate side and from the ACB media side. So I'm going to turn it over to Rick um, for any more comments on this, and we'll take questions if there are any. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. I want to thank the uh, the support group for the great work. Um, yeah, I think Rachel pretty much summed it up. Um, I think it's very important for us to have, you know, some guidelines on things like how we engage with the affiliates because we've, you know, there have been some, there's been some ambiguity in how we uh, can conduct business on a day-to-day -day basis. And what we we're trying to do with that document was just try to put some, some parameters out there, you know, against which we're trying to operate consistently. I think one of the key words here is consistently. Um, the document is not so rigid that we won't make exceptions if, if exceptions are called for from time to time. And that's what we want it to be. You know, we don't want to paint ourselves into corners, um, you know, with a, with a document that, that just dictates, you know, certain actions. So to a large extent, what's in that document is how we have been operating. The one thing that is probably uh, an area that there's never really been clarity on has been the blackout periods, you know, 45 days before and 45 days after National Convention when, um, when uh, the ACB media staff is just totally, totally consumed. Now, having said that, um, you know, there are probably many of you in here that know Florida has got a convention in June and we will do that convention. Um, you know, part of what, we, what we're asking the affiliates is as they book new uh, contracts and that type of thing, that they uh, take into consideration, um, you know, uh, you know the, the strain on the ACB media resources 
and we're willing to entertain dialogue with anybody that feels that that they need to do something outside of those parameters. So I, I don't think we've ever said no to, to anybody, and I don't expect that you know that this document is going to cause us to to change our behavior. But I think it will give more clarity uh, to people that want to uh, use our services than than perhaps what we've had in the past. Now, if this is approved, and I kindly ask that it be approved today. Uh, I will work with Kelly to make sure that we have a communications plan behind it and that we make sure, uh, you know, it really it does get in the hands of everybody. The affiliate presidents have received it, have seen it. It was the topic of a hump day happy hour uh, that was, you know, a, a, a attended probably with fewer people than we would have liked to have seen there. But, um, I, you know, I, like I said, that document's been out there for a couple weeks. And that document, too, had been presented, uh, a version of the document had been presented at the board meeting in Omaha. So this is something that we've been working on for a long time. The committee, the support group, is, uh, I'm very, very proud of the support group. And just to let you know, just to give you, an, you know, kind of a heads up, the next task that the support group is going to take on is to work with BOP to come up with content policy. Um, we, we have been very exposed from time to time where we've had no real policy against which we can uh, make decisions about things that are questionable in terms of content. And I, I think this is a very, very important thing. And we're real excited to work with BOP, to have the support group work with BOP to put some uh, put some, uh, some clarity around that. So, if you have any questions, we'd be happy to answer them. All right. Uh, thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Rick. Let's see if we can get a motion in a second, and then we'll open it up for discussion. Any? All right, Ray has made a motion to approve the document, and second, was that Rachel? No, it was Donna. Oh, it was Donna, I'm sorry. Thank you, and Donna Brown seconds. All right, discussion. As Rick says, this document's been out there for a while, and I really commend the ACB Media Support Committee for doing the hard work to pull it all together. And, and I also want to thank Dan for putting that committee in place. Um, it demonstrated a lot of wisdom on Dan's part to do that, and. Uh, I, I think, you know, one thing that committee is doing is it's making sure that uh, membership voice is very, very strong as we consider uh, process changes and policy changes and that type of thing. And that, that's to everybody's benefit, and we welcome that. One thing I would also add, um, the version of the document that you all received, I don't believe has the names of the people um, who would need to be contact people on there, and that certainly would be put on there and um, could be put on as needed, you know, whoever might be a contact person. But the version that you have has those two contact people blank. Um, currently, that would be Cecily Laney Nipper um, as the coordinator, um, I believe, and then we would have Rick on as the ACB media person. All right. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Okay. Hearing no more discussion, all those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. Opposed? 
Thank you, Rachel, Rick, and the entire committee for your great work. Who's on that committee, by the way? Well, a lot of people we have, may not, not know. Yeah. yeah, we have, um, of course, uh, we work with Rick and Larry, and uh, we were working with you, but I guess uh, now, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we have Deb Cook-Lewis. We have Cecily Laney-Nipper, Melanie Alt-Sanui, um, Mikey Wiseman, Cheryl Cummings, who is also representing um, as a BOP uh, representative, and who am I missing? I did you think say I, Jeff Bishop? I did not say Jeff. Jeff, yeah, I'm we so can't sorry. Forget Jeff. I'm so sorry, Jeff. I knew that's what happens when you start naming names. <laughs> but I just wanted to let everybody know because it is quite a. Um, a well-balanced committee with representatives from affiliates, from people who are very involved in ACB media as member volunteers, uh, as well as uh, Cheryl as a representative of the BOP. So yeah. thank you all very much. And there's a lot of lessons learned in that document, you know, from the people that are represented from the experience they've had with, with affiliate conventions. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. Appreciate it thank very you. much. Thank you. All right. Next item on the agenda is a report from our board of pub on our board of publications from Penny Reader, a BOP director. So, Penny. Hey, Dan, can you hear me? Hear you great. Great, thank you. Um, I can't hear my voiceover today, so I needed to make sure. Um, so, the board of publications, as we remind you every time, but we're going to remind you again, we meet the first Tuesday of every month. Uh, we begin at 8 o'clock, at least for right now, although sometimes that's a little inconvenient for our West Coast members. Um, and uh, we did meet yesterday, was it yes, two days ago, um, and um, we, we had a really short meeting, but we got a lot done. We, we, but we did finish in an hour, which for us is really phenomenal. Um, the Board of Publications is still promoting our blog. If you haven't visited our blog, you can find it on the front page of uh, acb.org, and uh, you can subscribe there as well. And then if you subscribe, every time there's a new entry on the blog, you'll get a notification in your email. Uh, we really want a lot of people to be writing and contributing to the blog. We want to remind you that you don't only have to be able to write. Uh, you could provide a video. You could provide an audio file. Uh, we, we had a musician on our blog, um, uh, so uh, there are all kinds of ways to contribute, and the more people know about ACB, the more varied the voices that they hear are, uh, the more the public is going to become aware of who we are. Um, we recently had a town hall meeting. Uh, participation wasn't as great on a Saturday afternoon as we had hoped, but we did hear from a lot of you. And uh, you know what, we can, we're can. we always eager to hear from all of you. Um, anybody who wants to contribute to the blog, by the way, and who is kind of hesitant about writing or uh, producing an audio file or a video file or submitting a photograph, please just give us a call. We're right there to help you. Um, the uh, other thing I wanted to talk about just briefly is um, that uh, we're going to be working with Cindy's membership engagement department and they're going to be reaching out to all of you who receive Braille, the Braille form in hard copy. So if you receive it in large print or in Braille, 
Uh, you may be able, may be expecting a call from Cindy's posse. We just want to make sure that everybody's happy with the format they receive, that you're getting it on time. Um, sometimes a household, we have noticed, receives more than one copy of the Braille form in large print or in Braille. And uh, if you guys could share that, that would be a nice thing. But if you can't, that's also fine with us. So we just want to make sure that everybody's happy with the format that they're receiving. And um, we want to hear from our members. And so uh, we are grateful to Cindy's policy for reaching out to all of you. That will start um, probably in April and should be completed by maybe the time of convention. So um, the only other thing I can think of is uh, the uh, affiliate engagement policy was presented to the BOP on Tuesday. And we endorse it. And we're so glad that the board is approving it. And we look forward to talking about uh, content because that is the thing we all love. Um, so um, I guess that's it. Anybody have any questions? I'm happy to answer them. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and have a motion to approve the BOP report in a second, and then we'll have discussion. Okay, David moves. Uh, Connie. Okay, so David Trott moves and Connie seconds. I probably, but I want to repeat this to make sure that Denise hears it all. All right, and now any discussion? Any questions for Penny? All right, hearing no questions or discussion, Penny, thank you for your excellent report. All those in, all those in favor of approving the BOP report signify by saying aye. aye. All those aye. opposed? All right, thank you, Penny. Thank all you, right. everybody. Thank you. Next, item 13 on the agenda is the ACB Enterprise Services Report from Michael Garrett, our ACB ES Chair. So, Michael, hopefully you're with us on Zoom. Yes. Can you hear me? I can. We can hear you. Good. Good, good. Well, good afternoon, everybody. and Hopefully you guys are having fun. Uh, but I wanted to give a, a brief report on the thrift stores. So the thrift stores uh, contributed almost $500,000 to ACB in 2022. A portion of that uh, was stemmed from the forgiveness of the PPP loan and funds that will be received uh, from the employee retention credit combined net profit from the stores uh, came in above budget during 2022 and that was due to having uh, a general manager who oversees the day-to-day -day operations of the store in the name of Chris Sawyer and I'll, I'll come back to that in a few minutes, uh, but our Lubbock store, which we call our our, our Hallmark uh, Enterprise, came in above expectations last year, and that was primarily driven by a substantial increase in customer count and higher per visit spending. So, in other words, we had. Substantial 
increase in the number of people walking through the door, and and we use a measure called average uh, average uh, customer car or spending, and the average ticket was significantly higher, and in fact uh, that seems to be uh, continuing in our stores. Um, the Amar Amarillo store had a challenging year last year due to the just the opposite. They had fewer shoppers in the store. However, in December, Tina, Tina Wat Watley, which is, who was a previous manager of, of the Amarillo store, came back to us, and we are already seeing uh, improvement in sales at the Amarillo store. And so as we go forward here in 2023, just even in the first uh, month, two, month, two and a half months, we are already seeing uh, overall sales ab above budget. And, and as I mentioned, uh, the, the reason for that, I believe, is because we have a, a general manager who's able to work with our store managers on a day-to-day -day basis. And Chris, I believe, has made a significant difference in the way the stores operate. Uh, he, he, his experience in the thrift store business has been a real uh, boom for the ACBES stores. His, his keen insight, his, his ability to see things that are happening and directly uh, work with the managers to, to make improvements. You have seen significant improvement. I'll give you an example. Uh, and, and I just have a, 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 a really great time being able to just pick up the phone and call Chris and say, hey, how are we doing here in this particular category? And, and one particular time, I was looking at the difference in our jewelry sales. So Chris and I had a conversation. He came up with an idea, and, and especially in the Amarillo store, and now on some days our Amarillo jewelry sales outpaced those in the Lubbock store. So but that came with him being able to look at the situation, size it up, give the manager a, 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 a good idea, and they implemented it, and it's working out. So if you guys see Chris or, or call him in the, in, the, uh, in the Minnesota office, be sure to thank him on, on behalf of, of ACB. I applaud Anthony Becker for the choice for choosing Chris, uh, I thank the ACB board for authorizing that position, and we we are really benefiting. and I, And I believe that trend is upward for the stores. And uh, just stay tuned. All right. Thank you so much, Michael. Was a comment? I'm sorry. Okay. Ha! <laughs> ha! 
Nancy's other duties as assigned are absolutely amazing. Uh, thank you, Michael, for your report. This is Chris Bell. So uh, I have two questions. One, and I don't know whether this is fair, but can you um, compare the pre-COVID store revenue or profit, I don't care which, in the post-COVID uh, revenue or profit? I, I ask that because because as you said, the PPE money and the other money that's coming in kind of changes the, not necessarily comparing apples and oranges. So trying to compare apples and oranges, uh, how are we doing pre and post COVID? David, do you want me, or Michael, do you want me to say something on this one? Well, let, let me just, let me give you my, give my opinion and you can, you can add the, uh, you can add the fruit to it. <laughs> but, but but from a sales standpoint, Chris, we in the in the Lubbock store, when we changed managers uh, and implemented some of the the ideas that that Chris put in, we are seeing actually uh, higher trending sales, and we're getting more and more customers. And I, and I believe I, I believe I mentioned uh, on the last time I spoke to you guys about one in in Lubbock there was uh, some street repairs oh, yeah. uh, taking place in front in front of the store, and it hampered our our operations for about a week, but but after that we performed tremendously. Our customer loyalty has been strong, and it has stayed with us. And we're still seeing. I, I love it. I, t I, t I tell Chris when I see you know 200 uh, plus customers per day coming in, you know that just warms my heart. So we're actually doing better now, in my opinion, than we were doing pre-COVID. Thanks. Let me ask my second question before I turn the mic over to uh, Nancy. The second question uh, we've discussed from time to time in the past. As you know, uh, in the long ago past, ACB had quite a few thrift stores. I can't remember whether it was 11 or whatever it was, but it was a lot. So um, is, the, is your board considering whether it now makes sense to expand the number of stores, whether that's within the state of Texas or outside of Texas? Nancy and I just talked about that, so I'm gonna let her answer that. I've got two mics, you guys. So, here, there's yours back. So in answer to your second question, we are looking at that this year to see if it is an option. Um, there is a significant expense that's involved with starting a thrift store up, plus then the first couple of years, they do not anticipate there would be a net profit just because you're trying to get into an area. But the one thing that we don't wanna do is get into a city that has a lot of thrift stores because then it's very hard to um, manage your business from there. So we are looking at it. It is on the, 22, the 2023 strategic plans and Chris is looking at it right now to see where we're at. Um, the other question you asked about pre-pandemic. So Chris, let me know at the end of December that 
he beat my best year ever for the Lubbock store. So the Lubbock store sales, <laughs> 2022 beat whatever we've had out there before. And he keeps reminding me that he's beat me. <laughs> yeah, I just send him back to his room. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Any other any other questions, discussion for Michael or Nancy? I move we accept this report. All right. Chris Bell moves we accept the report and who are you taking for second? Oh, who was that besides Doug? Because Doug's had a few. It was seconds. Doug and Ray, so they both. Have oh, oh well, I'm, I'm sticking with Doug then. Okay. Ray's had a couple of firsts in there. All right. So Chris moves and Doug seconds. All right. All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. Opposed? All right. Thank you, Michael. Excellent report. And, you know, just for our organization, you know, there was a time when, you know, five, five six years ago, when our goal was to truly shut down all the thrift stores. And Nancy and Eric, you know, came to us and said, look, We've got these two thrift stores in Texas. They're, they're hanging in there. They're making a little bit of money. Let's try to work to preserve them and see if we can grow this business back. And I think it's quite a compliment to Nancy, Eric's leadership and Nancy's hard work in the ACBES board that here we are now in 2022 with a half a million dollars worth of profit. And I know a couple hundred a thousand of that was from the PPP and ERC money, but still, $300,000 of repeatable profit year after year is a really good thing. I think Bill Reeder would say, if you could have earned income like that, you need to treasure it. And so I want to really thank uh, you know, Nancy and Michael and the entire ACBES board. Yes, as Eric said, we invested in staff, and that has made a difference with Chris Sawyer. So, all right. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. All right, item 14 on the agenda. This is kind of hard to say, but it's the review and approval of the recommendation for the ACB 2023 Conference and Convention Standing Rules. So we've got a group of committees that have been working very hard to pull this together. They've been working collaboratively. So we have to present this, uh, Pat Sheehan, the um, Voting Task Force 3.0 Chair, Jeff Tom, who I think was the Chief Architecture of this document, who is the Voting Task Force 3.0 Vice Chair, and Ray Campbell, who is the Resolutions 3.0 Task Force Chair. So thank you all for your hard work, and uh, who would you like to speak on this particular document? Pat, we want to start with you. I can start, but I'm going to hand it back on over to Mike. Oh, get on a the mic there, Pat. So, yeah. Pat, yeah. just a minute. I was waiting to see who was talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'd like to thank the committee for all their hard work on this. It was a team effort. I'm going to turn this over to Mr. Standing Rules, Jeff Tom, who was the chief architect, Dan, as you said. Jeff, can you take it away? I'm not sure whether to thank you for that or not. <laughs> 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 so 
you know, I Jeff, believe... when you're good at something, you keep getting asked to do it over and over again. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave. There's one resolutions change, and I'll let Ray discuss that briefly. Um, but essentially, the joint rules, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with them, and most of you are, are uh, how we're going to conduct our parliamentary debate. Um, and in this case, of course, our debate, unless there's some motion that comes up during the time we're in Schomburg, our debate will all be over Zoom before the convention, whether it's resolutions or constitutional and bylaw amendments. So our goal after last year was to try and, you know, help our president a little bit, uh, whoever the president is going to be, uh, help the president um, have an easier time and a little more structure with our debate. Dan did an incredible job on the fly last year uh, with this process. Um, but, um, and it is a difficult process, especially over Zoom. It, you know, Zoom wasn't meant to be the way parliamentary procedures were supposed to work. It was supposed to be done in person, as it's been for hundreds of years. Um, so we've designed, a, put in a few recommended wrinkles. First, in order to get as many questions out of the way as possible, at the beginning of the process, we're going to have a five-minute period uh, for points of clarification or questions only. You will not be recognized for any other purpose. You'll get a minute to state your question. If we don't have people taking up that full period, then we move on to our 20-minute debate period for an issue. We will recognize speakers um, for and against. We'll recognize them um, ahead of time so that we get the number of speakers, which doesn't mean you can't, um, if you you know don't uh, have something to say at the beginning of the process and think you, uh, later on you decide you do, then you'll, we'll recognize you. But um, what we'll do is recognize our speakers. Um, if we come to a point where one side has had one more speaker than the other, and the side with the fewer speakers, no one else wishes to take the floor, then debate will cease and the president will cease to debate. And if we finish that whole 20 minute period and the body decides they want to extend it, because there are more people that want to speak, the body can do that. Um, what we're going to do, uh, and we, we haven't worked out the specifics completely, but I suspect this is what's going to happen. Um, because we will have recognized the speakers ahead of time at the beginning of that 20 minute period, if you, until those speakers are done, if you have a parliamentary point to make, a point of order or whatever, you can raise your hand and be recognized because it will be only those individuals who are trying to make some kind of parliamentary point that will need to raise their hands. Now, of course, when all the speakers are done, then it may get a little confusing, but we're trying to get it so if somebody does have a point of order or another type of parliamentary point, or even a question, which we hope you won't have any, um, 
hope we'll get them out of the way at the beginning, but if you don't, um, we'll, we'll make it such that we can make sure that people with points of order are recognized. And those are the um, main changes that we have in the debate process. Uh, Ray, do you want to mention the one small change that will uh, occur in terms of uh, voting on resolutions and the and, a, and the potential for a roll call? Sure, sure, Jeff. Thank you. Um, the only thing I'd mention before I do that is that uh, the reason, one of the big reasons that we're doing the five minutes prior to starting the debate on each issue. For those clarifications and questions, we had a couple situations last year where uh, there were so many clarifications and questions that we uh, we went through our 20 minutes and then the body said, we're not going to extend debate, so we never really had debate. So we're trying to do that as well. Again, uh, parliamentary Oh, Ray, really quick, before you, before you do your thing, I, what I, one thing I forgot to say, when a point of order is made, if we are discussing the point of order, our timekeeper, who will be the parliamentarian, will not include the time we're discussing the point of order in the 20-minute debate period. I'm sorry, Ray. Oh, 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 not a problem. Uh, so uh, the one change that will happen on voting on resolutions is that uh, if a resolution needs to go to a record vote, uh, as you're probably aware, that record vote is going to take place on Wednesday, July 5th, and Thursday, July 6th of convention week, um, the hybrid part of the convention. Um, if that ha Once that resolution is um, going to go to record vote, you, there can be no more amendments made to it. Just, we just can't continue to, to debate it. And that's... That makes sense because uh, we would have already voted. We would have determined that we do not have enough to, uh, in the opinion of the chair, pass it on a voice vote or a hand-raised hand vote, whatever, in you know, in Zoom. And so uh, that's, so one, you know, once uh, you've decided it's going to go to a record vote, we can't have any more amendments made to it. And And the one additional thing is that once the Zoom vote is taken, if one side, you know, you need 25, we may change that to 50 for next year, but you need 25 members in the minority to seek a record vote. However, if the president is, has determined that there's less than 25 people in the minority, the president will immediately not need to ask for a roll call. The president will just say, okay, there's not enough um, for a roll call vote, so I immediately call the vote uh, complete. Yep, and that, and you can determine that because you know how many hands were up uh, for the minority. So, all right, all right. Thank you all so much for your presentation. Do I have a for discussion? Do I have a motion to approve the recommendation for the standing rules for the 2023 ACB conference and convention? Okay, Ray is moved and Connie has seconded. 
So is that, uh, Ray, is that change that you just referenced, is that in the current draft we're voting on? Uh, yes. Okay, thank you. Yep. Uh, where do I do this? Uh, is he, no. uh, uh, Deb, did you have a question? No. No, okay. Does, does anyone else have a question? Terry. Okay, we can pass it down to Terry. We're yeah. working on it. Okay. Thanks. All right. Terry Pacheco, you have the mic, hopefully. Um, Jeff just said something, and maybe I misunderstood. Uh -huh. We're, and I'm assuming it's not in the standing rules for this year, but I wanted to clarification. Um, it's 25 in the minority at this point. You said oh. something about it being 50 for next Ooh. year. Well, what we're thinking, and this is just giving you a preview, one of the um, Constitution and bylaw amendments that is going to be proposed, uh, which would not take effect this year, of course, if it were to pass, is the potential to change it to 50, because we have a lot more votes uh, than we used to have, um, you know, in terms of our total voting pool. So that's a potential for next year, but, you know, that doesn't matter for this year at all. Yeah, let me see if I can clarify it a little bit before our next question. So let's just say for easy numbers, we, and I know we'll have probably more people than this vote, but say we vote on a motion and we have 15 people that vote for it and 100 people that vote against it, then the presiding officer would have the ability to say, because the only people who can stand to request a record vote are those from the minority side. So if you have 15 yes, yays, and 100 no's, and we did this last year too as well, then the president could say, because there's less than 25 people on the, on the opposing side, then there will be no record vote, and we can move on to the next resolution. If the vote was 94 and, let's say, 94 the resolution and 30 against. Now we've got more than 25. Now the president needs to ask for those who voted in the minority, do you request a record vote? And if at least 25 people request a record vote, then it will go to a record vote. That's my question, was yeah. that 25 will remain the same? Well, not, this, this convention, it stays 25. There is a proposed Constitution and Bylaw Amendment that's being presented by the Constitution and Bylaws Committee that will be voted on at this year's convention to expand that from 25 to 50. But we haven't done that yet. That'll be an amendment that'll be debated and voted on at this year's convention. And hopefully lose. Thank you. Okay. And I understand we have um, somebody who has a, a question from the audience. Oh, sure. Make sure we get you a mic, Paul. Thank you, Dan, and thank you for letting me ask a question. Has there, has there been any provision built into uh, the policies with regard to resolutions that either the maker of the resolution or the affiliates uh, on one side or the other of a resolution will be given an opportunity to speak? I don't think that's uh, no, built into the standing but, rules. Yeah. Who, who's answering? I'm sorry. Is that Jeff? Okay. Go it's, ahead, Dan. I think we're going to say the yeah, same thing. It's not built into the standing rules, but I do believe there's some value 
uh, in the resolutions committee that presents the uh, motion to the body, if they would like makers of the motions to be those that speak for it or against it, I, I would recommend they make that, uh, make the presiding officer aware of that so they can be included as the person speaking for or against the resolution. Most likely they'd be speaking for it if they made it. Um, but to me, that's the right thing to do because they're the ones who put the work in and, and help to develop the resolution. But it's not in the standing rules. Yeah, I, I, okay, thank you. Paul said I think it should be for and against, and I'll uh, bring it up. He's part of the resolutions committee, so that can be, I think resolutions committee could, could, um, could handle that as they present their resolutions. Okay, thank you. Any other questions for Patrick, Jeff, or Ray? All right, let's see, we had a motion, uh, and that was made by Ray and seconded by Connie. All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. Opposed? Aye. All right, thank you. Thank you, Patrick, Jeff, and Ray. Uh, the, the ad hoc committees have really done an amazing job to help us through this whole new way of navigating and voting, and I just compliment our organization for truly allowing everyone to have a voice and have a vote. Yeah, yeah. If we get to double digits, I might not be here, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Uh, next is item 15, which is our convention committee report with Janet Dickelman, convention committee chair. Janet. Hello, hello. Hi. All right. Well, first of all, congratulations, Dan and Deb, and farewell, Eric. There's a lot of, lot of changes here. A um, lot of cheese or whatever. All right. Now, I can go through. We've moved all the cheese in the deli today, I so think. <laughs> and we're moving it this weekend. With uh, And I'm, I'm sorry I'm not there with everybody. It sounds like everything's going well. I keep getting reports from what's going on. And tomorrow the rally should be really exciting. So I, at the president's meeting, I and at other meetings, I've gone through kind of the structure of how the convention is going to look. I can do that again right now, or if you have all heard it and feel comfortable, or if you have any questions, I think maybe that's the route to go with that. And then I'm going to talk about a few other things. But let's talk first of all about the way the convention is going to be structured this year with the Zoom and the in-person. And does anyone have any questions? Because I think you've all heard this several times. What was that? Was that you, Nancy? What? Yes, that was me, Dan. I said, oh, no, Janet, go over it again. Uh, <laughs> I will if you guys want me to. No. I, no. I, oh, wait, I do have a hand. Uh, are we? Oh, oh, we have a hand. Okay. Okay. Chris? I'll be right there, Chris. So, Janet, um, so I heard Chris. this. What? I said, so, Chris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, is there still snow on the ground? No. Um, there is, and it's snowing right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so uh, I, keep, I keep having a hard time understanding uh, whether uh, for those workshops which will not offer hybrid, in other words, will, 
only be uh, with people present in the room. Whether people can use their own Zoom account uh, to uh, to provide for hybrid service. I don't no. I don't know enough technically even to understand how no, that will work. No, they they can't, Chris, because there won't be there won't be internet available in that room. There won't be wired in. They will be, what I'm telling people is these sessions are like we used to have in 2019 and previously. They will be in person only and they will be recorded and they will be available as podcasts, but they won't have Zoom capabilities. We have three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, June 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, where we have Zoom only sessions. We have the hybrid sessions in person at the convention. We also have the capability, if someone wants to do this during the convention, to hold a Zoom-only session where we will support you with ACB Zoom uh, during the convention. And then we have, um, you know, the in-person sessions that will be strictly social and the in-person sessions that will be recorded and podcast. Thank you. Does that help you? Yes, as much as okay. I can be helped, technically. Well, I'm not getting into this at all. All right, thank you, Chris. Any other questions? All right, so I think we're good on the, the right, format so and logistics the of the conference. We're good on the logistics of that. Um, fall board meeting. I know it seems like a long time off, but we are having our fall board meeting at the Hyatt in uh, Jacksonville, and that will be the weekend of September 29th. The Jacksonville room rates are $99. And the Jacksonville Convention dates are July 5th through July 12th. And the Dallas at the Hyatt in Dallas are July 4th through July 11th. Um, as far as rooms at the Renaissance, I know several years ago I would make board reservations if I had some kind of upgrades for the board. I really don't. So the last few years I have not made board reservations if anyone for some reason has a need for me to do that. Let me know. But otherwise, uh, please go ahead and make your own reservations. I know as happens every year, there's been some people who've had a little difficulty getting reservations made. If you have a problem, please reach out to me and I will reach out to my reservation coordinator and get that taken care of for you. Um, and the board meeting in uh, Schaumburg will be Friday, June 30th. And of course, our first tour is that day. Our banquet will be on July 6th. I'm pretty, we're pretty close to a banquet speaker, but I really don't want to mention any names yet because I don't have a contract signed. Um, we're, again, pretty close to our talking book narrator. There's just a couple logistics that I'm working um, on to get that straightened out. And I'm hoping it's going to work out. But if not, I have a second person that the narrator suggested. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, does anyone have any questions? Questions and then Dan, I know wanted to Dan and I wanted to bring something up. But does anyone have any convention-related questions other than the scope of the convention? Ray does. Yeah. Yes, Janet. Um, <clears throat> have you started looking at any bids for 2026 and beyond yet? 
I, that's funny you should ask. I've been starting to gather some information. I've been working with uh, a gentleman named Rick from Meeting Your Needs who's helped me with, helped us with some bids in the, in the past. And we're starting to gather some information. And I'm hoping to have information um, for the fall board meeting for, 20, for beyond 26. All right. Thank you. It's going to be, you know, it's getting more interesting making these bids. And I kind of want to wait until after our convention in Schaumburg because I want to see how our numbers look in Schaumburg versus size of hotels and versus our meeting room size and needs because, you know, things have changed so drastically in the last few years. So in some of the bids that I have for future, I may not need quite all the space that we have. So it's just kind of a <laughs> interesting conundrum over the next few years. Yeah, as we've kind of uh, reflected a few times, but the cheese keeps moving. So you kind of yes. got to figure yes. out, you know, we, you don't want to set a contract for the way things were five years ago. Right. So yeah. I'm kind of hesitating to do much in the way of the bidding at this point. But I'm hoping to have something bet between the convention and the fall board meeting, hoping to get something set up. And I think we'll learn a lot from the Schomburg convention yes. this year and see what our attendance is virtually and in person. Yeah. Yep. That'll, that'll reflect a lot. And uh, registration for the convention does open on May 18th and will run through June 16th, just FYI. All right, May 18th. So first week again will be for members only? First week will be for members only, and then starting on May 25th, it will be for non-members. But I as happened last year, which was great, and I've had people renew um, already contact me and say, oh, yeah, I want to become a member at large or renew my membership at large so that I can register early for the convention. Or I'm bringing so-and-so with me and I want to make sure they get on tours so they, you know, are registering as member at large. And it's great to get these member at large. Maybe they'll, you know, stay with us. Maybe they won't, but at least they're getting a little taste of ACB. And Janet, reservations are open Reservations are open. Yes, and they have been. Yes, so please make your reservation. Uh, the cutoff date to get our room reservations is June 8th. So after that date, they I can't guarantee that we can get you the room rate. So anybody listening out there, please, and board members, make your reservations. Very good. All right. Thank All right. you, Janet. All right. There's one more thing Janet and I wanted to bring up uh, this afternoon, and that is kind of our existing convention committee. Uh, we have an amazing team that does fantastic work with Janet and her whole team of volunteers. But over the last two years with things adjusting, we have lost both DJ as well as Rick, which were committee members back when we last kind of well, before o Omaha yeah. back in 2019, so. Yeah, well, DJ hasn't, yeah. Yeah, but yes. so, so at this point in time, we'd like to uh, ask the board uh, to kind of move us back to kind of the full budget capability to bring on up to two additional members for the convention 
uh, committee. We feel like, you know, we, we need to bring some new blood into the committee. The committee does an amazing job. Uh, but as we're all learning, all of my old blood of is staying, though. Oh, yeah, no, no one's leaving. My, no one's if leaving. If any but. of my committee members are listening, nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's just to, to kind of replenish and backfill for those positions that we had as part of the committee here uh, three or four years ago. So, And Dan and I have talked about this a lot. And, you know, it depends what the board wants to And I've, you know, been thinking about where... I could use committee support. So, you know, I don't want to, I, I want to see what the board will author, authorize for us, knowing, you know, what our financial situation is and if the board is willing to do that and then we'll figure out where we're going to put them. But it, and I'm not, it is just for the, so the board knows the convention committee members are pay, receive airfare and hotel room, not per diem or anything, airfare and hotel room to go to the convention and also to the fall board meeting right. where I have the committee. Dan, this is David. I'd to like board. to be in the discussion. Okay. Very good. Okay. So who's the, Doug, did you ask first for the mic? Did I, I did. I got the question answered that I wanted, but I might as well. Okay, I was. Okay, to, I was going to do that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's all right. Uh, I, I'll okay, second well, your motion. Okay. Well, so well, Deb's making a motion. Go ahead, Doug. Deb. Yes, to restore the convention to, to, with, two, with two additional uh, people. Okay. So Deb's making the motion to to uh, authorize an increase up to two additional positions for the um, convention committee. And Doug, you second I will second that and I'll, I will ask a question, the discussion question, which is, do, do you have an estimate of how much that will cost per year? Yes, that would be, well, the hotel is approximately $1,000 and the airfare would depend, you know, on where the person was coming in from. So another five to $600, so about 1,600, Per person, so thirty sixty four hundred dollars approximately. That, so it's you that's know, it's if not, they attend both the fall the this the fall yeah, the fall board meeting for you know pre, pre the preliminary work to and, yes, and then and the convention. Depending on what their role is with the committee, they may or may not come to the fall board meeting. Correct. Yeah. All right, David, you you asked for the floor. Yeah. And, I don't really want to go against the motion. I, th I think it's a good thing. What I would like to ask, and the motion people can tell me that I'm out of line, they don't want to fool with me. What I would like to ask, since it wasn't included in the budget, that we add one this year and one next year. Um, I know that, uh, you know, from what I've seen last year and all, uh, Rick's position uh, on the committee to me would be a priority position. And, uh, you know, it, it's not going to save a lot of money. It's not going to break the bank either way, and I'm not going to get mad. I just think Good. budgetarily right now with the way our income is coming in, we could be far better served if we divided those out and did one this year and one next year. This is Deb. 
Um, the reason that this is really critical to do this this year, so I'm super glad to hear, David, that you're not going to get mad because, gosh, I have to work with you more now. Um, so, so here's the deal, though. We, we had a lot of discussion during our um, executive session and about the, the you know, work we were going to be doing about Dan's position, the, that Dan moving up. So here's the deal, though. One of the strongest statements many, many of you made was we don't want to lose if we're, if we're do, as we're doing these things, like, you know, Dan moves to another place and Deb, you move to another place. And how do we get all this work done? And um, we have to develop some individual people to do some of those pieces of work. And we, in some cases, the workload, particularly for the convention workload, because it requires them to, to be on tap all the time, not conventioning around too much, um, those things, you know, the organization has supported. So you haven't had to do that with me because if I needed any support, it would have come from my being on the board. And so there was a pathway had I needed some support. But for other people, that's not true. So um, we're talking about, you know, the fact that, that the committee that exists is absolutely wonderful, but it has a little less support than it had. And succession planning around here has really been a weakness, frankly. And the other piece of that is we do have people who are changing roles. We've got to cover this stuff. So um, I really think that since you already said, David, that it won't break the bank. I, I mean, I get that we don't want to just willy-nilly spend money. But it is going to cost us something to put some of these things in place that we need to do. And so uh, I really want to encourage the board to go ahead with the two positions this year because we're at a very critical point where we need to start you know, backfilling and training um, our convention personnel. We don't have anybody backing up anybody anywhere, hardly. And if it, if it goes down, it, it's a major impact to us. So. Um, I think this is really good timing to do this right now while we can. And um, Janet and Dan have been working on the logistics of who and what they do and how we phase them in and all that kind of thing. But uh, we can't really do this unless we can treat them the same way we treat the other uh, folks who are serve in this way. Okay, Dan, I have two, I have two people. Okay. Who's, I have Terry and Doug with their hands up. Which okay, uh, Terry and then Doug. And, and then David. That was actually, okay. I think Deb started to touch on my question, and that is what will be the process for selecting these two people? Well, it'll be the process we always employ with ACB, so it'll be a recommendation coming out of, ultimately it's the president, ACB president's decision, but the president, at least I believe, I, at least I've always worked that way, and I'm sure our next president will as well, you do it in concert with the, the committee chair and making sure that you have good and qualified people. All right, that's, uh, yeah. thank you. I, ha I have a mediation. <laughs> um, I was wondering, uh, Janet, if, uh, would it, would it um, hamstring you if we approved for two people to attend the convention but not the, board, the fall board meeting this year and then, uh, then next year it would be written into the budget and we wouldn't have to worry about it. No, 
It would not. So I would recommend that as a friendly amendment as a seconder. You know, I'll, I'll work with whatever the board wishes. Uh, I, no, I actually don't think okay. that's a friendly amendment. Because um, I was the member of the motion. I can't right. hear the question. Oh, okay, sorry. There, sorry. Uh, did, Deb, are you on mic? Debbie. Yeah. Okay, so, oh. so, so Doug is... Let me, let me yeah. get you a clean one. D Doug, as the seconder, was asking for a friendly motion to... But I, as the maker, said no. Okay, so you want now, to... Now, what I, what I would accept as friendly, because you know, I'm thinking through process, I don't know that... I, I do think that at least one of the roles that we've talked about is a lot of replacement for me, and I don't know that the person who does that needs to go to the fall would board need meeting. To, right, that's but why I, I think said the, I could work with But I think if it. we do another person, a more generalist person, that person should. And um, so I would be willing to back off that, that two would be appointed, they would both get convention covered, that one would be covered for the fall board meeting, and you know, and, and that, if, that I think that would be okay. It's not going to save you much, but I don't have a problem well, with it. Well, what if, we the, leave it, the, what if we leave it to the discretion of the committee chair? Yeah. 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 This, this yeah. is David. Sure. That's, that's what I was going to say. Janet does a good job at managing that. Sure. Yeah. Um, after listening to Deb, I, I did want to go on record because, uh, you know, we're out live and I've been misthought of before. <laughs> I wasn't against expanding the committee to positions. I was offering an alternative, and I fully support uh, us going ahead and moving forward because really it's not going to break the bank. And the fall, the fall board meeting should be left up to Janet. She knows who she needs to do what, and we don't want to hamstring her in trying to do her job. So, you know, if we get to micromanaging too much, we'll, we won't have anything to micromanage, will we? <laughs> uh, Rick, as a member of the staff, wish to comment? Uh, sure, I'll go ahead, yes. Just a question, guys. Are we talking people or are we talking roles that we're trying to replace? We, we, are, we, are, we are talking people and roles, I think, have moved a little bit, you know. But in general, we had two additional people on the committee two years ago I think it's a little up to Janet's discretion of, of what those roles need to be defined to be. Uh, I mean, obviously, Rick, you're doing things in AV as a permanent staff, as person, a staff person that we didn't have. Right, but, yeah. I'll, but I'll submit but, that I need to be backed up, too. So Yes, yeah. So I, I, I just think that the board should discuss roles before you just blanketly say we're going to add two people. Right. So anyways. Okay. It's decided, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's our, but okay. Thank you for your comments, Rick. All right. Any other, any other discussion? All right. Hearing none, I'm going to call the question. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. aye. All those opposed. All right, Janet. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Does anyone have anything else of me? while I'm on the phone. Otherwise, I'm going to go off and listen on ACB Media. Go play no, in the I snow. Think thank go thank play you, in Janet. The snow. And, I will, yeah. I will. And then Dan and I will work on this after things settle down a little bit. Dan, Dan, Deb and I will work on this after <laughs> yes. things settle they down will a do it bit. as a, 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 as a, uh, yes. Oh, my God, right. a committee. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
Your committee right. does fantastic work, Janet. Yep. Thank, thank you, you, thank you, thank you to the entire committee. Thank you. And let me just, you know, I, I give a shout out to them always, but I, I'm going to do names too because everybody else has. So we have, right now, we have Mr. Michael Smitherman, our exhibits coordinator. We have Rhonda Trott, who even as we speak is at Mount Vernon um, with uh, as our tour coordinator. We have Vicky Vicki Prahan, our information desk coordinator. We have Sally Benjamin, volunteer extraordinaire. And we have Marjorie Beeman, who, as we all know, does a little bit of everything. And that's the committee. Thanks. And we've all been together for a number of years, and it's a wonderful committee. All right. Well, thank you so very much. And enjoy the rest of your board meeting and your time at leadership. Thank you, Janet. Bye. All right. Uh, next uh, on the agenda, item 16, we're going to talk about the 2023 strategic plan. So this year's plan and kind of where we are at kind of here at the end of the first quarter. And uh, I'd like to ask Nancy Becker if she could kind of run through the document for us. When we approved this at the fall board meeting, we had a really good discussion on it. And for most items in the strategic plan, we identified whether we wanted to work on this uh, on a particular task in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, or fourth quarter. So I think uh, Connie Sims had suggested this. I thought it was an excellent suggestion that we really need to get in the habit of each quarter, or at least of our three big meetings a year, to kind of bring up our strategic plan and see how we're performing against the strategic plan. That's part of the value of having a strategic plan is to truly push you and direct you forward as Eric's been doing with the staff through the quarterly rocks that are set uh, with the EOS process. So with that said, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Nancy to kind of work us through the items. I think as we go through each item, if people have any questions or comments, maybe they're kind of broken into sections, right, Nancy? They are. So I'll go through each section. Each section, and then we'll talk about each section. Okay. Thank you. So number one present financial plan with approved ACB budget so revenue plan is in alignment is in alignment with the budget and that was January 1st 2023 a was create and empower a major individual gifts committee January 1st 2023 and when I was talking to Dan he said that's completed B define ACB lead for all ACB corporate and foundation partners that was February 28th, 2023. Corporations are completed. They are working on foundations right now. C is grow revenue to match expenses. That's December 31st, 2023. D, build a comprehensive annual fund that is founded on individual, corporate, and foundation giving and events. December, 20, December 31st, 2023. All right, so this section, we had a couple of items that were due the first quarter, and the others really are focused on the long-range plan for the year, which is the information that Bill and the development team shared with us earlier today during the staff reports and the steps that they're moving towards the longer uh, directed, but it, uh, directed goals. But it sounds like the first two goals are basically complete. We've got, we formed the major gifts committee. And Eric, I know as you spoke, we've, we've done the detailed analysis of the corporate sponsors, and now you all are working on the foundations, right? Okay. okay. So that should be completed by the end of this quarter. Any questions on the first section? 
actually, as we went through this, I felt pretty good that we're doing a... I, I'm kind of liking this. This is kind of good stuff. Yeah, 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 I like it. Okay. All right, next, next category, Nancy. Two. No one will know what this one is. Hold annual DC Leadership Conference, March 15th, 2023. A, explore options to have both a virtual and in-person event with plan. That was January 1st, 2023. I think that's completed. B, hold an in-person currency rally in Washington, D.C. That says March 14th, but it probably says, should say March 10th, 2023. And we put completed on it, even though we're 24 hours ahead. And that's it for that category, Dan. Okay, thank you. I don't know, we must have been, I don't know what we were thinking when we pulled all that together, but we've done it, so great job, everybody. Now, all kidding aside, I, I do wanna say, this organization steps up to the plate over and over and over again and demonstrates that we truly are overachievers. So, so thank you. Thank you for pushing us to do more and I think that's what really brings the energy to this organization. So be proud of yourselves. Staff, members, board, be proud of yourself of what we've accomplished this weekend. When you go out and have a cocktail tonight, say thank you to your fellow, to fellow ACB leaders that are truly getting this work done. It, it really, really, really means a lot. Onward. Onward. Three, define relationship criteria for measuring ACB's five, five levels of connections slash engagements. And that's March 31st, 2023. And then we further define them as an ACB D&E, but with no dates on those and their family. We define them friends, followers, familiar, and unfamiliar. Right. So this is kind of, you know, our concept that we've shared several times about kind of five categories of people that engage or we want to have engagement with inside of the blind and low vision community and our allies. So we have done a really good job, I think, of defining family, which is that closest, most, most uh, bullseye circle in the middle, which are really people that give uh, volunteer at a certain level. There are leaders who are board members, committee chairs, um, you know, that are, that are truly doing leadership work, in, affiliate presidents, people that are truly doing leadership work inside the organization, as well as people that are giving of their treasure of more than $250 a year in annual donations to ACB. And it's amazing how many of those people are all of those things. They're in all three of those those uh, concentric circles that kind of make up our family group. And it's also our corporate relationships and foundation relationships at, that are at the most developed level. So that's the family circle. And then the next circle is friends. And that's all our ACB members, all our people who join as ACB friends. And a certain level of our corporations and foundations that are not maybe at that family level, but they're at the friends level. We're having engagement with them, we're getting close. Then the third circle is our followers. And those are folks that 
are following us. And this gets a little more nebulous to track. These are people that are on our Facebook pages. They're on our LinkedIn. Uh, they're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. They're Clubhouse. Exactly. They're, they know of us. They follow us. They're not officially members. They're not officially signed up as friends. But we have a, we have a, a relationship with them. They're truly, and how do we get those folks to kind of come into the next level of engagement where they become a member, right? So that's part of our challenge we'll talk about throughout the weekend. And then the next level is our familiars. And those are people that just, they've heard of us. They kind of know a little bit about us. Kelly can give us examples of this, but like when we did our ACB, uh, uh, ACB awards gala, we had posts that got, that got liked by, what, hundreds of thousands of people, literally. I mean, so those people now know of us that didn't know of us before. But how do we, again, strengthen that relationship? What I continue to say that amazes me is that less than 5% of the blind and low vision community belongs to any consumer group. Less than 5%. 19 out of 20. There's a lot of people out there that we have an opportunity to impact. How do we get to know them better? I will say I'm meeting a lot of them in my mom's senior center. I, about, <laughs> I, I, I have to help them all with their menus at dinner and I can't see. So, so I'm telling you, there are a lot of people out there. Terry talks about this with her visibility show every week. There are a lot of seniors out there that have that are, that are losing their eyesight. They truly, truly are. And then there's the unfamiliars. And this is the, this, these are people that we know they're out there. How do we get a better relationship with them? There are folks like we, that Kyle Johnson talked about on our fireside chat. Clients, you know, with the rehab agencies. So if you just take Lighthouse Central Florida, they have a thousand clients that they see every year. And they have 5,000 alumni, and yet most of them don't know anything about us. So we've got such an opportunity there to make connections. So that's what these five Fs are about. We're still working to try to get our arms around those exact definitions, but I think we're making a lot of progress thanks to the help of Brett Humphrey, who's one of our advisory board members from Microsoft. So just wanted to share that a little bit. Okay, go on, Nancy. Okay, we are on four then. So on number four, we just have a main item. We don't have any sub, sub um, categories. Develop long range approach for get up and get moving program. <laughs> so those J's must have A, C's and B's yep. for me. March 31st, 2023. Yes, well, I, well we, have, we have been working very closely with, again, one of our advisory board mem members, Aaron Patera, who's helped us through a couple of workshops to kind of re-envision the Get Up and Get Moving Committee. We had two uh, half-day workshops where we heard from our existing committee members and key staff that support the Get Up and Get Moving Committee. 
We've taken that feedback. Uh, Aaron's put it out in a very nice set of notes. We've met with Tom Tobin, the chair, and socialized those notes. And then the next steps were we then, Tom and Aaron Patera and I met on kind of developing a potential structure for the Get Up and Get Moving Committee with a steering committee and three subcommittees underneath it with a set of kind of roles and responsibilities for each person, a mission statement for each subcommittee, I should not each person, but each subcommittee and the steering committee, um, as well as, uh, you know, the roles for those that are going to participate on the committee. And that uh, information is being finalized by Tom and me to then bring back to the full committee for discussion. And then we'll get back and go to final steps of actually filling out and expanding the Get Up and Get Moving Committee and getting more of our members involved in the good work. So making really good progress there. Next, Nancy. I, I'm sorry. Five, investigate options to increase earned income for ACB, June 30th, 2023. A is thrift store expansion pos possibilities, May 31st, 2023. B, report out viability of monetizing ADP program listing, May 31st, 2023. C, the viability of monetizing ACB member volunteers to provide blind and low vision expertise to product and services industry partners, October 31st, 2023. All right, so this first one, Nancy, you can speak to, right? Chris is trying to put us, walk us through what it would take to expand the thrift store. So just in looking what, like a high level of what it would cost us to um, build out a new thrift store, this probably is not going to be a possibility this year because it, it's close to just a half a million dollars to open a store. That's with getting the store, getting the products. Um, not only that, you with the thrift store, you just don't open the door and have all the merchandise there. You'd have to have time beforehand to try to get the donations in the door and get them out on the floor. So at this time this year, I don't think this is a good possibility but we, um, we will continue to look for this for the future. But this is really to do the analysis and understand and put a plan together. So it wasn't, wasn't to launch one, of course, by May, but at least do that analysis. So that'll be a rock for our second quarter. Yep. And then the second one there was earned income um, related to... Um, Report out viability of yes. monetizing ADP program listing. Yeah, and we're still kind of... Um, you know, we have this amazing asset in adp.acb.org where we can now, people can now go and search for over 9,000 titles of audio described content. And there's a lot of, Jeff Bishop could probably speak to this, but there's a lot of services out there where you can provide this, this data to people and serve it up to them where they will pay you uh, money to be able to go access your data and present it. You, weather apps do this. I mean, all kinds of different uh, app applications work this way. We have never really thought broader than our internal databases to, uh, to leverage this to see if there is something that maybe a 
you know, one of the telecommunications companies would pay for us to access our database and serve that up on their website. I don't, we don't know what that is, but we want to at least explore that. So that's, that's this item. Jeff, you want to speak to that? You have more technical expertise than I do on how that type of uh, application works. Oh, he might not be there. Jeff Bishop. He might be muted. Okay. Well, I try. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, Jeff. So I apologize. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, and then last item in this section, Nancy, was about uh, bringing people in to actually get some earned income through our members by doing consulting type services. Provide blind and low vision expertise to product and services industry partners. Yeah. And this is all, again, we're working on with Brett Humphrey on this a little bit. I would say that's not what, till October. So that's a third quarter activity. Sure. Go ahead, Gabriel. Hold on. Hold I'll on. get a mic for him. You got it? Yep. He's going he's gonna to hang on to my journey one. Thank you. So does that mean that uh, the members who will be providing expert uh, professional services would get paid themselves or ACB would get paid for the services that our members would provide? Yes. Or <laughs> So hopefully, if we do it right, both. both we would okay. get paid as being the broker who would set up the focus groups, but then the people that participate in the focus groups would get paid. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, this is David. Um, this, this would be a good grant opportunity for us, too, because the Alabama Institute for Deaf and Blind just got a grant that will last a year, and they hired 20 blind, deaf, and deaf-blind people to give mentoring services of some kind, whether they give you JAWS lessons, that kind of thing, or taught you how to sign into your internet or up, upgrade your JAWS. And um, they, they got a grant for this, and they're paying these folks like 20 bucks an hour, um, you know, as contract people to to provide these services. So um, I'll check into the grant and I'll a little more too to know a little more about where the grant come from and that kind of thing. But it could be a great grant opportunity for us. Yeah. It, and it really is, besides a grant opportunity, we're finding in, in many of the for-profit companies that are trying to do the right thing and make their products accessible, they, they, need, they need consumers to provide them feedback of how good, you know, when they're going through the beta testing and, and even before that during the design phase. And so how do you kind of provide people with certain skill sets? Because what happens to these companies a lot, the people they get involved are all the folks that are really good with assistive technology. And it works, it works great and then they open it up to the general public and it's way too complicated, right? And so how, what, what, ACB has to offer is people at all kinds of different levels of expertise that, um, that could be a really good wealth of, of focus type group activity. This would, um, uh, I think this would be a great, great opportunity to utilize some of the great talent out in our community uh, to uh, come in and be a part of offering this um, uh, expertise and um, you're sure right, um, because sometimes in the 
even in my own company, we we may think that something's accessible, but we may not, for whatever reasons, be able to find the people to do usability testing on it, and then you know, and find those those issues and that kind of thing. So definitely, uh, like to definitely see this one move forward. Yeah, I think there's possibility. Of it, it, to do it, but you know, it's it's standing up something we really haven't, we don't have a lot of expertise in right now. So that's why this one's taking a little bit longer to launch. Yeah. All right, Nancy. Okay. Six is successfully hold the ACB annual conference and convention in parentheses. This is hybrid, July seventh, twenty twenty three. A convention should end with banquet on Thursday, July sixth, twenty twenty three. Can B convention should earn a minimum of one hundred fifty thousand dollars net profit. C all resolutions and constitutional amendments are voted on by the ACB members. D, AC member, members can participate either in person or virtually. And E, hold candidate elections. Yep, I think we're on track for all of those. No hands raised, so we'll go on to seven. We are settled on that one, Dan. Settled, okay, very good. Thank you, Nancy. Lower the hands, please. We can use that for the next five years. Okay. <laughs> Develop and implement an update to ACB's digital assets, December 31st, 2023. A, update acb.org. B, update members.acb.org. C, ACB link possibilities related to members.acb.org. D, train members on how to use membersacb.org. E, sunset legacy ACB media infrastructure. All right, so these are basically all of our IT activities, and most of this will happen in the third and fourth quarter. Um, once we get through the convention. Yeah. Mr. President, um, yes, right. I'm really happy to see all the emphasis here on, on members.acb.org um, and uh, really, really hope that this comes through because members.acb.org has the potential to have a lot of really good da data available for us to use as ACB organization, whether we're talking about the demographic data that uh, we're working to collect, whether we're talking about, um, I mean, wouldn't it be nice, when we, we've got addresses in there, for example, wouldn't it be nice if there was a way set up from, because of people keeping members.acb.org up to date, that they could, that the Clark and Swatha could they have a legislator that we need to get their support on something, that they could pull up the addresses of all the people that live in that district and they could say, hit them with an email or a phone call saying, you need to call this legislator, we really need to get their support or, or on this uh, important piece of legislation to ACB. Wouldn't that be something nice to be able to do? The other part of this is, I really, 
I really want to see us. I'm, I really want to see us integrate ACB Link in with members.acb.org. People are used to logging into apps. They they do it all the time with various services, and I think it'd be so cool. There's so much potential there to somebody sitting on the convention floor. They're inspired by something they hear. They click a button, and boom, they don't make a donation. That's that's the power that this has. We really, really, we've been talking a lot about members.acb.org. It's mm. time to move it forward, and I'm glad it's in writing and it's happening. Dan, Dan can I make a comment? Please? Uh, yeah, please I have a go comment ahead. as well. Go ahead, Rick, and then Jeff. Okay, um, go ahead, Rick. All these efforts, Dan, I would suggest that we need to drive them with project plans. And Agree. One of the very first things we need to do on all these is to scope out the extent to which we're going to do some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're going to find is that when we start scoping, we're going to put things on a timeline yep. and start doing things in phases. You know, to realize yep. what you just said, Ray, you know, may take, you know, quite a bit more time than just Q3, Q4 to yep. do, okay? I, so so I, 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 I think, you know, we've embarked in efforts before where we haven't, really done the due diligence on the definition side. Yep. So we really need to do that this time. Completely agree with you, Rick. Jeff? Um, yeah, I just wanted to add another comment here, and that is that I, I think as we start to look at members.acb.org, I, I think we underestimate the power of, of donations as well through the platform, um, and especially through, through mobile. Uh, if, if, if someone can simply, you know, if, if, if we could have someone standing up at the front of the room at a convention and say, you know, we just sent a notification to your device. If you want to contribute $10 to ACB, tap that and dub, double click the side button and show your face to your phone. You've just contributed $10 to ACB. I don't know how much simpler it can get. And um, if, 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 if we're wanting to really elevate the interaction experience for users, then we really, really need to be looking at this. And, and I'm not saying that we can do it all in, you know, in a short period of time, but we at least need to be doing the planning centered around this to really light up some magical experiences for both interactive use of our platform, both for community as well as just overall engagement for ACB, as well as donations. Because I think, again, we're, we're highly underutilizing this path of getting money from individuals both within and outside of ACB. So just wanted to call that out. Uh, thank, thank you, Jeff. We got, we've got, I've got a question for Nancy, and then Eric's got comments, and then Doug. So, Nancy, the question for you, approximately how many members do we have that are in members.acb.org right now? Isn't it getting close to... Okay, okay. Just just know if somebody is new to the member site and they create an account, that pings us to put it into our donor database. So then we have them in the donor database, and when Kelly is sending out a dots and dashes, that person will get it. If they unsubscribe, they won't get it, but, but we do have communication with them. Yeah, and I think we're. I think it's between somewhere between four and five thousand. We've got in probably yeah, close now. to five. Yeah, if I close right. to five. Yeah. yeah, so we're. 
you have to go through a members.acb.org in order to register for the convention, any of those type of things. So, yeah. Okay, Eric. Sure. So, I, granted, I'm, I'm leaving here in a couple weeks, but um, some, of these, some of these issues will extend into next year um, just by virtue of the, 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 the scope of them and the importance of them and doing them right. Um, I had, I had a, a really good meeting along with Clark and JoLynn last week with our colleagues at J.P. Morgan uh, where I spoke with them about, that, you know, they were asking, you know, what are your pain points? And I said, hey, how about IT? This isn't sexy but important. And they laughed and they got, you know, they, they understood. Um, you know, it is likely that we will receive some funding as we do from them every year. But this year, and Rick, you'll be working with JoLynn here in the coming weeks, likely, um, to, to get funding to do uh, some, some IT work. Aaron Patera worked with a group of us in December of 21 and January of 22 to put together uh, a roadmap for our, our IT infrastructure and how to how to look at it from a one-year, three-year, five-year perspective. So there's a document that exists that Rick has and others um, that sort of highlights, you know, the, the environment, the environment as is, the environment as we would ideally want it to be. And so um, these, these projects that are listed here are all right and good there is one that just needs to happen, and there needs to be time committed to it. And I'm looking at Rick, and I'm looking at Jeff. Um, getting us off of the legacy infrastructure from ACB Radio and Gandhi. Um, that is something that, that we, um, events seem to overtake, <laughs> and I understand. It's not a direct criticism. Um, that just needs to happen to allow for uh, greater, greater process, greater uh, productivity um, to occur within ACB media moving forward. And so I would encourage uh, you know, the, fo the folks that work on IT inside ACB to, to look at that as, as something that is achievable um, and just needs, just needs a little TLC. Thank you, Eric. Thank you very much. Uh, well said. And boy, we've come a long way with the IT platform. I mean, if you think of where we were five years ago compared to now, it's like night and day. But we, we've still got another. <laughs> IT doesn't stop. <laughs> Never. Yeah. And then, Doug, I think you were next. Yes, thanks. Um, with all the strategic planning uh, and budgeting that this organization does, uh, I'm getting a little concerned that we had $15,000 recently added to the budget for, uh, for the rally. We just uh, authorized another uh, $7,500 uh, for the convention committee uh, beyond budget. So these are things that are coming up. Oh, by the way, so I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that we're, we're in a position where, we're, where we've approved a budget and now, you know, and now uh, things are being added to it. I, I was glad to hear that Eric is looking at J.P. Morgan for some money to, to actually implement this. But 
this sounded like a, 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 another expenditure of money. And my first question was going to be, was this part of the 2023 budget? And if not, um, can we put it off until 2024 when we can budget for it? Well, Eric could probably speak to that better than me. But, uh, but a lot of this IT is in the budget, but not, but not when, you, when you get to the big replatforms and all that. That's, that's a different deal. Yeah. This is Jeff. Okay. Uh, hold on, Jeff. Let me, Rick, did you have a comment? Did you need a mic? Or? Do you have a mic? He needs one. And Jeff, you'll be next. Okay. Here. Yeah, you know, Doug, I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, any of these initiatives require, you know, we got to take it from strategy into tactics, right? And 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 I think one of the one of the things that we're going to find ourselves doing as we get grant money, conditions of the grant are going to be for us to move some of these things forward, right? So, you know, the the grant funding mechanism is not necessarily something in conflict with anything. And I think it's a good news story when we have a J.P. Morgan, you know. I, I mean, what we ought to do with this grant opportunity now is look at some of our objectives, some of our strategic objectives, and articulate them in the grant so that we can then execute against it with grant money. That's, that's very cool. I just want us to make sure that we're we're getting grant. We're getting money to fund what we've already said we want to spend. Yeah, I mean, some of these things. Not to be argumentative, Doug, but some of these things are mission critical, and we've got some things right now that are just hanging on a thread. So, Doug, okay. we we do have IT people under contract, so some of these things that we're talking back about, the contractors are doing them within their contract. So it's not that we're spending extra money, but we are also looking with with other organizations to see if they can give us additional funding to help with these projects. Does that sort of answer what you're asking? I mean, it does, but I want to okay. make sure we're, we're funding, you know, our basic funding that we've already said, yes, we're going to do this, uh, gets done as well. Okay. For sure. For sure. All right, Jeff. So We didn't uh, forget you, Jeff. Is, yeah. I know. Rick and, and Nancy have sort of said in a way what I'm going to say, but but Doug, I, I hear what you're saying. We don't want to be the Krispy Kreme of blindness organizations, you know, that expands and just all of a sudden, you know, goes down to nothing. But on the other hand, if we don't do some of these things, we won't become the organization we want to be. And so sometimes, you know, as the as the website goes for the OIB program, there is a time to be bold. And so we need to always remember that our leaders, like Eric especially, Eric always preached that kind of boldness. And Eric is not some kind of uh, wild liberal spender or anything like that. And so I just, I think, I think we have really excellent leadership on this board. And I pretty much, I'm willing to question whenever I need to, but I, I trust them to lead us in the right direction. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Any any other discussion on these this category? Very good. All right, Nancy. Okay. I think that leads us to eight. Develop slash implement host training program, community events, national partners. A, 
pilot external host training with two to three external organizations using ACB host training model. B, leverage existing community program to create opportunities by offering continuing education units and promote CEU, which is continuing education units, opportunities to agencies and organizations providing education and rehabilitation services for the blind and visually impaired. Promote hosting, C, promote hosting services through dedicated webpage on acb.org, social media and external newsletters and direct outreach. D, provide online host support page for external subscribers with audio and written tutorials of learning modules. E, continue host training, assess progress, and determine next steps. And we don't have any dates on this one. We don't have dates, but I know we're working on a lot of this. So, Cindy, do you want to, do we, is Cindy with us? Where's she? We, I'm Dan, it's Jolyn, I can address that. You could, uh, oh, okay. Oh, okay, I'm, I apologize. Okay, yeah, the Reader Digest stuff. Yeah, which is a lot of this is, yes. Okay, gotcha, Jolene, go ahead. Okay, I, I would, um, yes, like to say that the Reader's Digest grant, which came in last June, was specifically designed for almost all of the uh, markers Nancy talked about. Cindy um, is halfway there, we're, we're on track so um, I would say by June, we will have completed all of those, and that will form the basis for additional grant funding as well. So I think we're in good shape there. But it is a continual process. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you very mm -hmm. much. And, and I know even Tapitha helped with developing host training. Yes, she training. did. Yes. She did. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Okay. Next category. Nine, expand diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility, accessibility throughout ACB's operations. A, report membership demographics twice per year, and I think we did that in October. B, implement pilot mentoring program, MAPSP, June 30th, 2023. And C, increase Spanish language participation through major ACB events, and that's December 31st, 2023. And I made a, I made a year error on B because I said 2003 or 203, so we're a little behind on that one. <laughs> All right, and uh, I know Kenneth and Donna and Cheryl and, and Donna, the two Donnas, Donna Brown and Donna Browning. Uh, the MAPS-P program is off and running. We've got an update on that at the president's meeting. Fantastic work there. Uh, we, as Nancy said, we shared the demographics of our current situation in October, and we'll do it again at the board meeting in June. And then Spanish language. Gabriel, we're doing good there, right? All right. So good job in, that, in this category. Anybody want to add any more questions or comments? All right. Very good. We're done. One. That was, well, I, at least I want to compliment Eric and team on... We're doing pretty good. I mean, it's a plan. You never do perfect, but 
Folks, give yourself a round of applause. We're doing pretty good. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, team. All right. That's number 16. Do I have a motion to approve our update for our strategic plan for 2023? Ray moves. Connie gets the second because it was her idea. All right. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. Thank you. All right. Item 17 uh, is officer reports for any committees or in some cases we have board members that are supporting uh, committees. Anybody want to give updates on their committees? Mr. Chair, I don't mind starting. Thank you, I know Jeff. my committee chair would have my head if I didn't. <laughs> um, the auction committee, chaired by the famous Leslie Spoon, uh, our auction, as you know, is going to happen, I think it's the 18th of June, right around in there. 17th. And the 17th. 17th. Well, I 15th and 16th. Uh, Wait your whistle. That's right. Appetizer auction on the 15th and 16th. She's, she's going to get to me anyway. I knew she would. Um, so their deadline for getting in your donations, and we're so thrilled that all the donations that affiliates and individuals have given over the years and continue to do. We thank you so much for that. The deadline is May 1st to get them in, get your descriptions in, um, and get them in if you're going to have them shipped uh, by us and get them into Leslie by May 1st. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Hold on. Hold nope. on. Hold on. Nope. You cannot, but we appreciate your enthusiasm. Are you saying no to Leslie? Well, well, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let you... Wait, I want to see if any other officers or board members have comments, and we'll come back to committee chairs. You'll pay for that, buddy. Boy, is the outgoing president, you're getting gutsy. Well, Might have just made a mistake there, folks. <laughs> Les Leslie, do you have something you want to add? Just real quickly. Yes. Just, I really would like thank you, Mr. President, for acknowledging me. So I just, I just want to say to the board and to everybody that's listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. The holiday auction was a big, big, big success. So thank you, guys. I can't, I can't say enough to this board. You guys really, really come through when we ask, when the committee asks you guys. Um, we are already up to 49 items for the summer, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, if you don't know what to donate, shipping is always, always a wonderful item. So thank you, and thank you, Mr. President, for giving me the time. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, other officers who wish to report? David, go ahead. Hold on, David. You got him. You gave me a black, my mic. All right, y'all heard Leslie, so I can got to go through that again. <laughs> Except I will say thank you, thank you, thank you, because if I don't, she will. <laughs> um, we we got some uh, some great committees going on. Uh, you know, some of my committees are are board people, so I'm I'm not going to mention the WALK because Donna will. Um, I, I want my my good friend Kenneth Simeons to talk about what he's doing with uh, Derwood K. McDaniel first-timers because um, I keep up with them through the email. There is no point in tying up two board members' time at that meeting when he does such a good job. Y'all was 
was talking earlier about how organized Dan Spoon is. Let me tell you something. I bet you Kenneth can can whoop him in a in an organization race. He is the most organized person Ken, I've ever. Kenneth worked is with. right here. Do you I, want I, to I hear? Him? I would wouldn't would not want to even challenge Kenneth in that area. <laughs> uh, Kenneth is truly the most organized person I've ever worked with. I got some exciting news for you. You know y'all's wallets are looking real thick. So, starting today, since you're here, you can buy your Braille Forum raffle ticket. Now, those of you listening out there in ACB media land, please wait till next week to call the national office to order yours. I know you're going to get in a hurry. But uh, remember, those Braille Forum raffle tickets are 50 bucks. You can split them with up to four more people. Of course, you'll also split the prize, prize with them. Um, we have only 500 tickets to sell. And we've sold out the last three years, Nancy. So, the, you know, the pandemic was good to us in auctions and in raffle sales. Uh, if you win, you, you know, the third place is $500. Second place is $1,000. And first place is $5,000. We've had affiliates win. We've had individuals win. We've had people that have bought tickets together win. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my old buddy Alan. Alan has sold more tickets than anybody in the history of this raffle. And, you know, his goal this year, oh, why not give him a good goal? 200 tickets. <laughs> you know, he, he probably will sell more than that. But, but his goal this year is 200 tickets. If you, if you don't know it, y'all tell him, okay? Um, talk about a little bit about the MMS committee. We're, we're moving forward. We're looking at, at uh, the makeup of MMS over the last year. We've been talking a lot about that. Uh, we're, we're stable. Uh, we're, we're bringing in about $100,000 a year to ACB and affiliates. So actually, it's a little more than that, but I like to round things off. And let's see, uh, auction, I'm not going to talk about the WALK. Um, I think I'm done, Dan. All right, thank you, David. Donna, do you want to talk about the WALK? <laughs> Here you go. It's called Walk of the Walk. You know, it is so wonderful to know that David can spell. At least, <laughs> at, at least, <laughs> we're... <laughs> well, well, it, <laughs> <laughs> it actually reminds me when Leslie and I had our dog Otis. If if we said walk, he went crazy, and so we'd say, "Is anybody taking him on a W A L K?" Because he he didn't spell too well. So, <laughs> but yeah, I thought in Alabama it was spelled W. Your dog learned to spell. Yes. <laughs> Otis wasn't quite, quite ever that bright, yeah. Okay, so, you know, we've been talking about membership engagement and that kind of thing, and so the WALK decided, uh, the WALK committee um, decided to do something different this year and have the mem uh, members submit suggestions for the WALK theme. Well, I can't tell you how many, well, it was about four pages in a Word document of submissions um, from some people, uh, names I've never, never, ever heard of, uh, which is wonderful. Anyway, so we are stepping out with ACB this year for $62,000 is our goal. If you didn't know, ACB is 62 years this year. So that's where the 62000 came from. But we have other incentives. 
Um, you know, Bill was talking about getting people involved, those prospective, you know, donors and that kind of thing. So the 62nd person who signs up for the walk um, is going to win a $25 Amazon gift card. Uh, so, you know, think about when you register, it's $25. And so I think I did the math right, but, like, I'm not the treasurer or anything, so... Maybe I'm a little wrong, but that's $1,550 right there toward our $62,000 goal. Um, but anyway, that's just the beginning of it. Um, so the team who raises $6,200 first, only first, hopefully there's more of those, um, they will receive a $50 Amazon gift card. So, Kim, you might not want to sit back this year. You, you might want to try to get to that amount before the diabetics, because they've kind of already, uh, they're, they're kind of already sort of starting. Um, but anyway, the, 60 sec the person who gets 62 individual donations uh, wins a prize. Now, you know, that's where you really find those prospective, you know, donors. 62 donations, that maybe that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's kind of hard to get donations from 62 you know, different people, companies, whatever it might be. Anyway, that's the walk. But can I, while I have the mic, can I talk about the Burl Colley Leadership Committee? Because that's, they're awesome. The walk committee's awesome, but so is the Burl Colley Leadership Committee. And, and I want to thank <laughs> President Spoon for kind of pushing me to take on that co-chair. Um, I've enjoyed it. It's a wonderful committee. Uh, just sort of be listening because our convention program, I think, is going to be fabulous. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. But every meeting we have, the list of uh, possible um, training topics it gets longer and longer and longer, uh, which is wonderful. Anyway, it's a great committee. Uh, join us the second Thursday of every month at 9 o'clock for our trainings, except don't come on tonight because we're not there. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Donna. All right, anyone else that uh, wishes to give an update? All right. Not, yes? Yeah, oh, go ahead, Terry. Yes. I have, a, I have, is it working? Yeah. Yeah, you're good, Terry. I have an update. Um, it's not on a committee exactly. Well, one of them is. One is, in case anybody forgets, we'll have to keep Leslie very happy. In case anyone um, forgets to make a donation for the auction. Leslie is going to be on visibilities on April 7th with a uh, last effort, last ditch effort for, for donations for the uh, summer auction. Okay. But the other thing that I wanted to just mention to people because it's we've put a lot of work into it, and I think it's something that we should all be proud of um, whenever we can get something like this accomplished is we've had a special interest affiliate that a lot of people have said, why don't we just let it go, let it die, um, that type of thing. It's been hanging half dead for years. And we've done a lot of work together, and we've mm -hmm. built it back up. We're going back in with a new president, a new, a new slate of officers, and that's ACB government employees. And... It's, you know, it has, it's, it's in the process of rebuilding extremely well. And I'm very proud of it. And I think everybody um, 
that's that, who would like to join, um, talk to Pat Sheehan. He's the new president. Uh, but I think that it's, you know, the fact that it's reactivated, I think, is a really important thing. And I'd love to see that happen with a couple of more of our affiliates throughout the country, both state and special interest. And I'll put that challenge out to every board member. Well, thank you, Terry, and thank you, Pat, for taking on uh, the presidency of governmental employees. Yes. Who's next? I want to go next, and then Ray. Oh, uh, Connie, oh. And, Connie and then Ray? Oh, sorry. Oh. Oh, Ray or Ray All right, Connie and then Ray. Go ahead, Connie. Um, I just want to mention the awards committee. So um, we need awards nominations in for um, the national and it's all national awards, but the deadline is April 1st, and we did, instead of having to do an email to um, both Carrie Muth and myself, co-chairs, we have a new uh, email for acbawards1 at gmail.com that anyone can um, submit nominations into. The other thing is that we have um, if you don't really want to write, you can, we aren't writing it, but we will, you can tell um, Natalie Couch or Jean Mann what you want written and they will um, write it for you. But they will not write right, but they'll, if you dictate it, they'll, they'll write it up. So again, just try to get some nominations in and uh, by April 1st, and that's my big update, so. Thank you. All right, okay. Connie, uh, Ray. Okay, well, I'm gonna just do um, four real quick things here. Uh, first of all, a reminder, resolutions deadline is April 20th. Uh, so if you, have, if you have resolutions that you want to submit, uh, get those in uh, to, um, to Gabe Griffith and the resolutions committee by April 20th. Um, if you are an affiliate that is going to have a convention after April 20th and you think that there might be a resolution coming forward that you would want to submit to ACB, let them know that and then they'll be aware of it and can kind of flag that and make sure that uh, your content gets in. Um, second of all, um, I, I want to just, I'm not going to talk a lot about it because I don't want to steal Jeff Bishop's thunder when it you know, comes down. But the Information Access Committee, I think, has got a really good idea cooking as far as a convention program this year. It's uh, going to be uh, really good for uh, everybody to uh, think about trying to uh, attend some of that because I think it's going to be a really good uh, set of uh, workshops that, uh, that I think you're all going to uh, uh, learn a lot uh, from. Uh, third, um, I'm just really proud of the membership committee, Artis Bazin and her crew that uh, do, have done some really good work on uh, membership focus calls and uh, working to, uh, um, you know, provide some good, uh, good insights from several affiliates in, in the work uh, different affiliates are doing uh, around conventions, around uh, other activities and uh, save the best save my the best for last and that's the multicultural affairs committee i'm just so proud of this committee and the work that they have done all of the wonderful programming that they 
put together for Black History Month. Uh, we've already talked about the Hispanic subcommittee and the great work that they're doing making ACB truly bilingual. Uh, multicultural Affairs taking the lead on pulling together articles for the uh, April ACB Braille Forum uh, on div what diversity means in ACB. I think we've got some great articles that uh, people are going to enjoy reading. Uh, and, um, and just continuing to do uh, just great, great work uh, to uh, move uh, the issue of uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility forward. Uh, within ACB. Cheryl Cummings is an excellent chair and, and the whole committee is just excellent. Uh, these, <laughs> the meetings, uh, they, they sometimes go a little long because everybody just wants to have good discussion and there's a lot of good things to, to talk about. So uh, did, a, did a very good program on the whole issue of voting and um, you know, just issues around that and uh, you know, just kind of educating folks on you know, what some of the real issues are that certain people face in, in, in the, the exercise of their fundamental right to vote. So uh, just a very, uh, very good, good committee to work with. I'm so honored to be uh, the liaison to that committee and, uh, and working with them. So those are my updates. Thanks. Thank you, Ray. Doug? Uh, uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not chair of the voting task force. Uh -huh. um, I'm not really, well, I, yeah, go ahead, Connie. Okay, Connie, Connie, and then Doug. I think Connie was next, and then Doug. Go ahead, Connie. I was just going to mention the voting task force um, as a communication outreach. Um, as you guys heard a lot about the voting and the resolution stuff, um, we will be starting to do the community calls. I'll be starting with the three um, major shows, and then we'll start doing um, community calls, affiliate calls, but reach out to me. Um, we're trying to really track um, the who's, you know, who's having the speakers and stuff. So if you want to set something up, make sure you reach out to me. And if it's for constitutions or bylaws, um, reach out to me also so that I can make sure that I can get the right people. If, like, say, John's unavailable for constitution or Ray or you know, Deb or, you know, whoever, I can, I can get to the right people. And then that way I can keep track of how many people we actually are connecting to. And if you want just one-on-one, -on -one, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to me and I can help you or I can reach out to someone else and they can help you. Um, so just FYI, I have some, you know, people talking about maybe some community calls, about just some Robert rules, some, you know, point of order stuff, just kind of the standing rules information. So we'll do, my, we'll do more than just talking about constitution and resolutions this year or the voting is not really changing, but what we may need to help educate our members. Thank you, Connie. Uh, Doug? Uh, rehab Task Force has been pretty quiet for a few years. And we're uh, actually going to do something fairly exciting at the convention. Um, I don't know, you know, Pat Beatty and, and several other people at, at that time were doing coaching. No, we're not going to have them at our session. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, they did coaching with, uh, in rehab situations. You know, they would go in with a client. 
Sue Amateur, yes, exactly. Um, we'd go in with a client and help them through the rehab process. And, um, and we've been discussing in the rehab uh, task force that you know we don't have, you know we don't have a, you know project. So we were thinking about that as a project, but also uh, endemic in the in the rehab system is the shortage of uh, people who are interested in going into the uh, VRTs and the uh, uh, you know the vision uh, the, the teachers. Um, so. We were thinking that if we could revitalize this program of coaching and, and actually teach them how to coach, um, then we could have people who may be interested in rehab um, try it out, you know, kind of intern as a, as a coach, and then, uh, and then go into the, go into the, uh, the profession. So that's, we're going to bring this up with the, uh, with the advocacy uh, steering committee, and uh, we're hoping to maybe do it with the... Um, with the special ed people so that we could, you know, do uh, IEP uh, coaching also. So that's, uh, that's our sort of main project and, and we're gonna unveil it at the, at the uh, convention. If, if you have anybody who's been doing coaching recently, um, uh, we'd love to have their names so we can add them to our panel. So that's it. Thank you, Doug. Uh, and I'd like to spend just a minute with the committees that I've been fortunate enough to be an officer liaison to. First, I want to give a special shout out to the Employment Committee with Brooke uh, Josted and Peter Ochel. They have really done an amazing job of kind of revamping that committee. You may have noticed just on leadership and conversation in the last week or two, they're now putting out employment announcements twice a week, which I think is really a good step forward to give people in our membership an opportunity to know about jobs that are available and kind of support and supplement what Sharon already does on acb.org. And then also I want to give a big uh, thank you to the Audio Description Project Committee. Uh, it's amazing to attend their steering committee meetings uh, just last week or two weeks ago. They approved, I believe, 75 goals and objectives for for 2023, and I don't know how they do it all, but they got a lot on their plate, and they seem to get it all done. So uh, uh, Kim Charlson, Carl Richardson, the six subcommittees, they all do an absolutely amazing job, and, uh, you know, they've really turned into one of the stellar programs inside of ACB. Uh, also want to thank the SASE Committee, Sight and Sound Impaired, uh, with both Karen Campbell and Carl Richardson. Again, they continue to kind of push, push things, and they did a, a, a combined effort with, I think, AAVL uh, and I Can Connect and kind of all the different things that are available there, uh, as well as pushing us to do the right thing with CART 